Hello and thanks very much for tuning into this week's episode of Bullings and Stout, season one, episode twenty-five. A milestone. There is a lot to get through this week. A milestone, quarter century. Um, there's a lot to get through, um, but we're going to try and do it quickly. Um, we know this week is kind of a bit of a dead rubber. No football to look forward to next Sunday. But if you do have a significant other, I'd strongly suggest promising that you'll give up football this weekend to spend time with her. So you can have next Sunday to yourself. Yeah, get the, the points um, invested now or this weekend. Yeah, get the brownie, get the brownie points in early. Um, yeah, so look, as I said, a lot to get through. We'll have a little sass watch that because look, we keep keep some things the same. Then Rocky's going to run us through some of the kind of all back office happenings um, or front office happenings. Few notable names. You may have missed over the last. Finding new jobs. Absolutely. Like give the people what they want. And then obviously we'd be remiss not to recap obviously firstly the AFC Championship game and then finally the NFC Championship game. So if you can stick with us until at least the end of the AFC Championship game, we'll promise that won't be biased. That shouldn't be the insufferable. NFC Championship game may be insufferable. And uh hope you haven't kept you too long here now. But uh look if we kick it off. The off-field trackers are not going to be biased. The AFC Championship game is not going to be biased, but this most certainly is. Stat for this week, Lane Johnson, on a turn, oh, a turn abductor, held Defensive Player of the Year, oh, man. Nick Bosa, to zero sacks oh, and zero QB hits. A stat so good, it got a retweet from Michael Parsons, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. Let me tell you, I don't think enough of you realize just how good that man is. So, yeah. Suck that, Dallas Cowboys fans. Uh, yeah, I have to say... It's the off-season. We can be If, we can be if there wasn't the question of his unfortunate early suspensions or PEDs, he would be a, a, a luck for the Hall of Fame. I think you'll find Lawrence Taylor is, is in the Hall of Fame and, and they weren't performance-enhancing issues. So I think uh, I think he'd be just right. Look, I think, I think he deserves it. He is... He has been world class, and he is still is years removed from those unfortunate incidents. Mm. But uh, it just depends on what lingers in the voters' minds, you know. Yeah, I, I don't think it will now. To be fair, um, but yeah, I suppose off-field antics. Nice. That was a uh, just for our, a behind-the-scenes look to all our listeners. That was an off-the-cuff. Um, creation there in bit of a improv by Sasquatch we were trying to think of a name for this so we're just going to do really a, giving the big book a very very brief outline of some of the the coaching hires head coaches assistant coaches <coughs> excuse me there's a few notable names in there um, we had Frank Reich being hired by the Carolina Panthers as their head coach obviously replacing Matt Rule having been uh, fired from his Colts job. Um, we. What's your take on that? Yeah, I think um, I like Frank Reich. I think it's probably a, a decent person to sort of stabilize. He's just his, the last couple of years have been a bit marred with, you know, a lack of consistency or. I know injury played its part, but I don't know. You're gonna say I, he, he if, if I was to be sorry, go on. If I was gonna give a, 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 a genuine opinion, I feel sorry for Frank Reich. I think, look, you can say what you want about him in Indianapolis, but it's it's questionable ownership. I don't think David Tepper is is much better. So I think his. His two head coaching jobs could be under questionable or marginal ownership. And I think you get two chances. Yeah, this is definitely a make or break for Frank Reich. And it, this this isn't an mm. easy job. Certainly isn't. Um, mm. Bit of a quarterback question right there. But just we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Mm. The New England Patriots have appointed Bill O'Brien as their offensive coordinator. Obviously, they had the ongoing controversy with Matt Patricia calling offensive plays, which 
it didn't look good. It didn't make sense when it was um, declared at the start of the season. Bill O'Brien obviously spent time in the Texans regime there as the head coach before going back to Alabama and now lands in the Patriots system. Uh, I think it's probably, it's it's certainly better an improvement on the situation they just endured, but, but there you go. Disgraced Broncos head coach, Nathaniel Hackett, is the offensive coordinator now for the New York Jets, replacing Mike LeFleur. Look. The sparking speculation <coughs> of A-Rod to New Netherlands. Yes, prepare for the headlines. Um, obviously, he had an atrocious tenure as the Denver Broncos head coach. But we did see him have a good career as an OC in um, Jacksonville and in Green Bay. So maybe, maybe it's a good hire. Maybe it's a bit of a shake-up that the Jets need. Um, we saw Mike LaFleur get released by the Jets, but he is now the offensive coordinator for the Rams, who let their outgoing offensive coordinator, Liam Cohen, go. Uh, a big name that was sort of on the block was Kellen Moore, decided to part ways with the Cowboys. He's now the offensive coordinator for the Chargers. So Kellen Moore is going from Dak to Justin Herbert. Probably probably as good a place as he could have landed. Um, I know he was obviously a fairly prominent offensive coordinator in, in our division any thoughts on that move um i think look there's been loads of speculation about about kellen moore as a head coach and a lot of rhetoric about how good of an oc he is i have reservations about how good of an oc he is because it's a great offense until you get to mid-december and then it disappears you look back on that final play against the 49ers in the playoffs how much of that was McCarthy how much of that was the OC that's up for debate but I he has to get out of Dallas he has to go prove himself somewhere else or he's never going to get that head coaching job I don't think yeah I think he needs to diversify that CV is a good buzzword um, and a great tip to any listeners out there looking to get over that job hunting hump um, other notable openings, um, there's a, a defensive coordinator job opening in Carolina as Phil Snow leaves that job vacant and Ed Donatel of the Vikings was obviously fired pretty quickly after the Giants embarrassed uh, the Vikings after wildcard weekend. The Atlanta Falcons were able to hire Ryan Nielsen away from the Saints, a division rival. He was their D-line coach. Um, he also was their co-defensive coordinator with um, um, their head coach there. Name escapes me. But anyway, he is now the defensive coordinator for the Falcons. Um, Vic Fangio, this, came, this was just announced over the weekend. He is now the defensive coordinator for um, the Dolphins and is now the highest paid assistant coach or coordinator in the NFL and then we saw Jim Schwartz I think he was doing a bit of um, consultant work with the Tennessee Titans obviously myself and yourself are familiar with him from his time uh, as defensive coordinator in Philly and I think it was previously head coach in Detroit but he's now the defensive coordinator for the, the Cleveland Browns um, probably not a bad move no, I know, I know he was like him, certainly in Philly and, and in Tennessee. Now that's a short summary. Obviously, um, a lot of the, the head coach vacancies will all make their headlines probably in the coming week or, or the week of the Super Bowl or afterwards. The next two weeks, certainly, will mm. you'll hear all of the, the drama um, unfold. Yeah, I think, I think I would, I would. I would imagine there could be could finally be time for a key OC to leave Kansas, and I 
don't think that's going to happen this side of this Liverpool lot for obvious reasons. Very strange. Um, Eric Bieniemy he tends to make a lot of noise each off season. There hasn't been too much of it, and I think that's because we've had the likes of Jim Harbaugh, Sean Payton. We've had the big names really taking up most of the limelight. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's now um, is 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 getting a lot of steam for Arizona. Um, as is Sean Payton. Um, Houston Texans obviously have their their opening still vacant. Um, for myself and yourself, Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon both were hot con- or candidates for a head coach yeah, coaching job, but it looks like that is probably unlikely and Philly will at least retain their, their coaching staff. Good news for us um, and for Philadelphia. Mm. Yeah. Um, the the one headline that, that did attract my attention was that the enemy was being heavily scouted for, I think there is an open at OC for Baltimore. And that to me was an interesting concept. A very interesting concept. Maybe a last ditch play to kind of keep Lamar in, in Baltimore but nonetheless I thought it was something I'd be very interested to see if it did ever occur look if that happened I think and the enemy has a successful tenure there I mean the talk for the last couple yeah. of years is he can have whatever job he wants you know given his track record with Patrick Mahomes maybe that's not as true as as some media persons make it out to be and maybe going somewhere else and and you know bringing the difference maker or you know making a difference in your new job is will actually solidify that so yeah maybe um still a couple of vacancies so we'll be able to maybe do a quick rehash before the recap of the super bowl next week the recap the recrapping uh, depending on which which way it goes yeah. Look, I think I think we'll we'll move it on um, to the AFC Championship game, and I'm gonna I'm gonna open with a take that people probably never seen, probably wouldn't be surprised to come from my mouth, but I don't care, and I'm gonna say it how it is. Forget your awards, forget your titles. Patrick Mahomes is the greatest quarterback we have ever and likely will ever see i think park records for a minute he does stuff tom could never do and he's now at a stage where he's doing everything tom could do i think we are watching the greatest quarterback of all time free titles um and i know there'll always be that argument well tom has six but I think if you can't stand and watch Patrick Mahomes and just say, good grief, he is at a different level to anyone else in the competition, you're deluded. Deluded. A banged up angle, ankle, a uh, star tight end who, whether you believe it or not, was listed as doubtful going into Sunday's game. Receivers who were dropping on him left, right and centre. And he throws for 326 yards, two TDs, and no interceptions. Like, in an AFC Championship game. And I know, look, his defense showed up for him. But, I mean, well, you, this is just you, unworthy. You'll get no pushback from me. Um, to be honest, I don't think anybody with with sense, or unless they're, they're a contrarian, you know, professionally, could argue with you. Um he is in a tier of his own we've seen we've seen of course you know games where, where he makes a few errant throws but we've seen that a bit more consistently from some of the quarterbacks people would have in the same tier as him Josh Allen has been a bit more volatile this season um, Joe Burrow even to the same extent we just saw him throw two interceptions um, on Sunday um, and that's not to say Patrick Mahomes doesn't throw them but he gives you that high standard of play and he's so consistent um the chiefs are mm. i know it's 
even this season they had that inexplicable loss to Indianapolis but for the most part they don't happen they are so consistent um, Andy Reid as a head coach is probably the perfect the chef's kiss yeah, it's, it's an unreal combination yeah. between the two um, look we, we could talk and go on about Patrick Mahomes I won't argue with you on your take but there's certainly a few talking points from the game that that we should address. Um, and maybe before we get into what happened in the game, <clears throat> the Bengals were 3-0 and versus Kansas coming into this game in their last three meetings. You heard all of the chirp and all of the talk from Cincinnati. You know, calling Arrowhead, Burrowhead. You had the mayor of Cincinnati chirping at, um, at Kansas. The jabroni, so he was titled <laughs> by Senior Kelsey yes. on Sunday. I mean, is it wise to 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 try and yeah. rile up Patrick Mahomes? Look, I I love that in sports. I do love it, but oh man, I wouldn't be doing it with uh, with Patrick Mahomes on on the other side. Uh, no. It's it's a recipe for disaster. Now that's easy to say after Kansas beat them. I haven't, oh, you know, knowing that the Bengals were three and zero, but it, it it does, I suppose, come back to what you said. Three and zero, the odds should have been in the fa- in the favor of Cincinnati, and the history was there. Patrick Mahomes was hobbled with that ankle injury, and even still, I mean, like, all signs pointed towards this not being the game where Patrick Mahomes bucked that tr- trend. And that's probably why I was so full of superlatives for him. Um, I also think, look, look, at the end of the day, regardless of, look, even if, if and look, obviously I'm praying for a Philly this ball. Let's not get it twisted. But even if that's the case, and it's five home AFC Championship games and one Super Bowl to show for it, that's still an incredible achievement in and of itself. Five home AFC Championship games the bloke is 27 he's already set the mm-hmm. the record at the weekend was most touchdown passes by anyone before the turn of 28 he's already blown Brady Manning et al out of the water I the, like the key things for me in the Kansas game was the defense really 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 showed up I think that's probably where the winning of the game really was look I know it was an exceptional performance of Patrick Mahomes but Chris Jones was that's arguably his best performance. Yeah. Even as it, like I'd say his best yeah. performance the Chief, hands down. Like what he finished with two sacks, uh, tackle for a loss, and five QB hits. And ultimately, that's why, since he couldn't, you look at the scoreline and you kind of say, look, it was late for Irish viewers, so not everyone might have seen it live. Since he just couldn't get into the game, how they normally get into a game, because Joe Burrow was just under constant, constant pressure. Um... I think, look, T. Higgins and Jamar Chase made some incredible catches. The T. Higgins touchdown. There's a Jamar Chase completion. I think it's about a 40-yarder. Um, it might be third and long, or it might even be fourth and midland um, to set up the second touchdown. Two incredible catches. But they didn't maybe get the volume that Cincy really need for them to, ha- to be poor. But make no bones about it. This Cincy team is here. For the long haul. And Joe Burrow is still a good few years younger, both in years in the league and actual age than, than Patrick Mahomes. His contract negotiations this summer are going to tell you an awful lot about how since he's going to go. Is he prepared to make those Brady-esque sacrifices? Or could they potentially get into a spot of bother? A lot of it's going to depend on Burrow. A lot of it's going to depend on a historically poorly run franchise and historically cheap franchise and I think the next three months if three four months if they go well for Cincy they're going to be here for the next decade so cling on to that Bengals fans because I do think there's a Super Bowl in them absolutely I think <laughs> it's um, with with Joe Burrow quarterback in the team um, I'm like I'm, I'm going to assume they're going to prioritize keeping Joe Burrow with Jamar Chase over the next couple of years and we've 
when you when you you see those connections, like Mahomes um, and Travis Kelsey, like Brady and Gronk, I know he had a whole cast, but when you have that dynamic duo, it can put you in contention of any game. So it will be interesting to see the Bengals over the next couple of years as Burrow is slated to to get a big deal. Um, you, there's a couple of other players who will be seeking contracts. Uh, Jesse Bates was on the franchise tag this year. Uh, Von Bell, T. Higgins, I think will demand a big contract. In fact, I can, I've got a, a bad feeling that Dallas will will overpay for T. Higgins to get a, an AJ Brown clone in the division. Um, Look, nevertheless, uh, Dallas does, maybe doesn't have this. Uh, Dallas probably doesn't have the salary cap space. If we're being legitimate, there, they're in a bit of a. The, the key thing for me, for for since he just sorry to put it across you, is it's keeping Jamar next year. T Higgins is, is a brilliant wide receiver, but I think he he's replaceable. And the key for me is is actually it's 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 a year early, but I think you might need to get off Joe Mixon. Uh, he took the miles when they were incompetent now I think he's just if if it wasn't last year not this year and I think next year is kind of another slight decrease so I think get off Joe Mixon now it's it pains me to say it love him as a player but get off him now before he starts to really depreciate and that would be the the key move for me if I was since he back office yeah look yeah I that I agree with back. you. You said T. Higgins was replaceable. I think on other teams he wouldn't be. He could be a a, a, a number one wide receiver. But the key here is since he has Jamar Chase for a year longer on the rookie contract, and and he is let's face it better, a different skill set, but all around he's he's a better player. Um. So I think I. I if I had to guess, I would say that since he don't prioritize bringing T. Higgins back, um, and I agree with you, I think Joe Mixon, I don't see him staying in, in Cincy for too long. Um, obviously, they'll the, he might get traded for picks, you know, wanting to bring in cheaper players and talent around Joe Burrow. That's generally how you build around bigger quarterback contracts, even if it's quarterback. You know, relatively team friendly. That Burrow does end up signing, um, it will still command a large chunk of the the salary cap. So they they want those those picks. Um, yeah, I think um, that might be a lot of meta around Cincy. A bit of overall, mm. a very strong strong season. We, <coughs> excuse me, we didn't really talk about maybe the controversy around the game and that was the refing inconsistencies that um, a lot of fans are up in arms over um, I think notably there's probably three three significant um, incidents maybe the first one being the intentional grounding on Joe Burrow um, you know, Patrick Mahomes early in the game threw a threw a, a, pa- a pass into the ground. I think it was about I I looked at the game earlier on today. It hit the ground six yards in front of the receiver and was just deemed as an incomplete pass. Later on, Joe Burrow, um, much the same, threw a pass. It landed seven yards in front of um, Samaje Pirine, and it was deemed intentional grounding that didn't make sense to me um i i do i agree with the gripe on this one even gene steratore in the the booth our gene um chatting with tommy romo and jim nance gene steratore said there was the the two wide receivers had uh, run vertical routes and there was nobody in the backfield but samaji p ryan lines up in the backfield he runs a, a check down route um joe burrow throws a pass which I think looks fairly regular. It looks like a, you know, obviously quarterbacks throw it in the dirt. It does look as if he's he's thrown it at the feet of Pierre to you know to force that incomplete pass. Um, but Burrow gets the, the flag thrown. 
ultimately unconsequential. They do throw, I think he threw a, a long pass to T. Higgins to convert on the next down. But it was the first instance, I think. We might, de- <coughs> we might deal with these instances individually as opposed to stacking yep. up. That first one for me, saw it, got it. That to me, and I'm not trying to be a, a controversera, but that's a hometown decision. That's the benefit of home field advantage in a championship game. Rightly or wrongly, when you get those in championship games, it is because you have the best record. And that is the reward for home field advantage. And that's that's my stance on that. Don't like it when it happens against me. Can't say I'm overly cussed when it happens for me. But there has to be a benefit to home field advantage. And that's a hometown decision. Unfortunately. Look. That's my take on it. Ultimately, ultimately it was inconsequential because uh, the Bengals converted. For me, I, I would agree with you to an extent. Um, to be honest, for me, it, it just it, it just gets it plants that seed in your mind that okay, the the refs are they have so far refereed this game unfairly. Um, nothing too significant. It, it a play like this happens, and we saw it happen in, in the other game of the weekend. But plays happen like this in football every single game. So I think looking at this play on its own certainly unfair but you can't have a major gripe it's just what happens in in any football game um i think i think a big point of contention for bengals fans is the extra down that was afforded to patrick mahomes deserves that's uh sorry still dying that's that's indefensible that is uh, that's uh yeah indefensible I think it was third and short and and Patrick Mahomes or I think it was about third and nine um, and Patrick Mahomes throws a five yard pass and the Bengals get a stop um, and then of course the flags fly or the whistles blow and suddenly the umpires had had apparently made an effort and you can't see the attempts made by one of the the line judges on you know the, the wide angle cameras but that's one lad running in from the the, the sideline he could have continued blowing his whistle there could have been some sort of communication with the side judge to the booth to the uh, the head umpire referee that ed hockley um we saw bengals get a, a stop and and patrick mahomes got a, another attempt to convert um again inconsequential later on in that drive they did go on to punt it didn't result in any points however just compounded with the other intentional grounding like i if i if i'm a bengals fan even if neither of these mistakes costed any points i'm thinking it is this is you know the cards are stacked against us here um Mm. that's that's my take on it i I don't know what yours. I know you said it was indefensible. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, I think it was, it was wrong. Um, it's kind of for me. It's, it's, it's. The, I'd like to get the benefit of the and just say it's, it's, it's an error that led to poor officiating. And and, and look, they can happen to the greatest of referees oh. in any cold, in any moment. Uh, not for one second game. am I, am I trying to imply there's any sort of rigging or any sort of favoritism going on here no i i think anybody who insinuates that is is crazy it's or or, or a scorn fan like to be fair yeah but i i just think there's there's like the, the first first instance for me that's the value of hometown home field decisions the second instance is just poor officiating, and, and he can't really defend it. He just said, yeah, it is what it's it is. Incompetence. Got it wrong. It's just unfortunate that the yeah. incompetence is compounded by that earlier subjective call. But you put down to home field uh, advantage. If you ask a Bengals fan, they won't they won't call that home field advantage. They'll just call it, you know, Paddy's they'll call lead. it favoritism. Yeah. They will, um, and it's hard yeah. to argue yeah. with them. Um, and look. Maybe the, the third major flag 
where the refs influence the, the game and and maybe you won't argue that this is the ref the referees influencing the game but it's certainly just it was the cherry on top was the the flag on the roughing the passer on patrick mahomes now i know it, it was a textbook penalty on on asai who ended up hyperextending his knee on the play as well and and you saw how exactly. devastated he was i think i think if if that play in ice was in isolation not even bengal's fans would argue with him you know and they probably not argue it's the fact that that's you know the top of the pile the the intentional grounding it, issue and then the issue with the extra downs the that play is it's a stonewall penalty um and it, if if you're a coach of a team that does that one it's 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 a young player in the heat of the moment l- losing saving shots it's a clear cut penalty i don't care what anyone says um hopefully he hasn't done too much damage with his knee i've seen the post match comments by him and my heart goes out to oh, him. He's he absolutely is, devastated he, he knows devastated. he did wrong he's bawling his eyes out on the side on the sideline um yeah after having a very good game I'm yeah sorry. and after having yeah playing lights out and that's that's what's unfortunate but Look, there's a, there's a saying, I'm not implying he is, but dumb players make dumb plays. And I think intelligence is situational. And I think in the heat of the moment, blood flowing, he be, he can be, you can become a dumb player, despite being highly intellectual and articulate. But in the heat of the moment, that kind of... In rugby, it's referred to as white line fever. He, he saw... He didn't see what he sees... 97% to play mm. that this is a stonewall rough in the past I call it. he saw his name and he, he saw an opportunity to make a big play for his team and he got his timing wrong he had more than enough time to pull out from and I just I feel very sorry for him that that's how the AFC Championship game goes from but that careers are built on plays like this you you either come back stronger or that you're done like I got enough of a sense from the young man that there's more to come from this bloke and this will be one of the hardest lessons he learns and it will ultimately be one of the best lessons he learns so i i lo- would love to see him back next year improve yeah yeah I, I agree i think this makes or breaks uh, a player that you know they come back disciplined from this or or it it ruins them and they can't get over that mental hurdle um look i think the Bengals played good enough to win. Sorry, go on. I can see you. No, I was, was going to say we dilly died long enough. Now it's time for the real stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm joking. I'm joking. I was just going to say, look, I think I think the Bengals probably did play good enough to win. I think we saw the the Chiefs defense do that bit more, and Mahomes did that bit more. Um, I think before I know we said we were going to try and keep this a short one. Maybe just before we move on to the next matchup. The biggest um, takeaways for Kansas is obviously that Mahomes did look limited by that ankle. I know he's two weeks, but we also saw quite a number of his pass catchers and supporting cast mm. take a few knocks. Um, Kelsey obviously injured himself in the practice leading up to it. Now he looked good. Um, we saw Juju Smith-Schuster the thing- take a knock. The thing thing to remember Kelsey and he is phenomenal but he is a lot of people forget this he's the exact same age as Gronk so those injuries take a little bit longer to fully heal so I think I don't think he'll be at 100% for the Super Bowl but I think there's a chance he'll be, he'll be it'll be it won't impact him Man. one thing I wasn't going to say as well um, it's fairly minor but there was a fumble by Kansas in in the game it was a snap that went to Patrick Mahomes and just at like the apex of his throwing motion he, he lost grip of the football and it sort of sailed and floated through the air landed on the ground and his ankle it looked as if it hobbled it couldn't allow him to twist and pivot and jump on it it was actually recovered then by Sam Hubbard of the Bengals um, ultimately insignificant for Kansas but I think there was a similar enough, a similar enough um, fumble in the upcoming game we're about to talk about by Josh Johnson, um, and it's it's just funny how Patrick Mahomes he 
gets no no criticism for it at all. And then this um, <coughs> excuse me this um this fumble on Josh Johnson was one of the worst things that anybody has ever seen. Josh Josh Johnson is a thirteen year league veteran who's played nine games. Let's uh let's not start in the middle. We'll um we'll start at the start. We we'll get to it. Okay. Apologies, uh Cowboys fans. Uh no, apologies to anyone that has to listen to the next ten, twenty minutes of this podcast. But uh yeah, look obviously look our Beloved Philadelphia Eagles were victorious in the NC Championship game. I will lead out from the bat and say it wasn't much of a game. And unfortunately for the neutral. And to a lesser extent, maybe Eagles fans. Because, look, you want to beat the best teams at full strength. You never want to have this. Yeah, well, look, if if they weren't down quarterbacks. Like, Brock Purdy did his UCL. He's going to be out for six months. He came back on after the Josh Johnson concussion and he was handing the ball off that's all he he, that's the only role he could fill was hand the ball off couldn't throw at all um, and, and you got to feel sorry for the for the 49ers Joe's got to ask the question that's four quarterbacks injured this season Josh Johnson is a is a, is a concussion so look it, it's it's they happen but there's three fairly significant injuries there yeah the concussion you can um, argue is certainly uh, a standalone incident, but you have to wonder: is are the rest of the uh, injuries systemic? Because we saw Trey Lance go down with injury, Jimmy Garoppolo return and then go down with injury, and obviously we saw what happened to Brock Purdy. Unfortunately, um, that was on a, a pretty brutal hit by Hassan Reddick. Um, and that was that was blocking scheme. That was Hassan Reddick, one of the best defensive players this year, um, just danced around their backup, uh, tight end Tyler Croft. Tight end, yeah. Um, but but yeah, schematically, like there was. But it's just, it's not the first on, time sorry. we saw him. We've seen Jimmy G get hurt before. Um, it's Shanahan. I, a lot I, of people cut Shanahan some slack because he always seems to be injury ridden but maybe it's systemic in the way he runs um, his offense we've seen he took he did take some criticism during the year uh, for running quarterbacks up the middle that's I think that's that's what happened to Jimmy Garoppolo um, this year and he he challenged that that many other teams do that they'll run their quarterbacks up the middle but no teams to such an extent have dealt with you know an onslaught, a deluge of quarterback injuries. Um, look, it's it's horrible. And and it it's it, it's not just it's not just quarterback injuries. Um, so that was one of the major fears with Christian McCaffrey. One, he gets hurt, and two, they've had some pretty significant injuries at running back as well. So it's not just a quarterback thing. Like that's that's I suppose, yeah, that's true. That's why you you see all these lower tiered running backs make a name for themselves is because they're they're prominent names are often getting injured mm. um, I think there was, there was a few incidents of look I'm not going to sit here and say Kyle Shanahan can't coach he's a great coach but every great there's no great coach without flaw and I think there's a few points I would say that's poor coaching um, the decision to start the third choice tight end or whatever um, against a bloke with 16 sacks this season is delusional. And um, Tyler Croft. And that led to the two injuries. The backup tight end. Kittle is known as being a blocking tight end. I think if, if you're dropping a quarterback, or a, sorry, a tight end back to block, like we said, a quarterback or a, a defensive end who has who had 16 sacks going into the game, now he has 19. Yeah. That's an excellent example of a, a very questionable decision made by Paul Shanahan. And Hassan Reddick almost had a strip sack. Josh Johnson was just down. And did Hassan Reddick force the fumble? I think he did. But yeah, uh, Brock Purdy was injured on, Josh Johnson. on the forced fumble. 
No, no, no. I no, I know it on Brock Purdy, but the Josh Johnson. No, thing. no. I believe that was just that mishandling of the snap from Josh Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. But he almost had a strip sack when Josh Johnson is is his derriere was down and Hassan Reddick flipped over him with mm. the ball but he was just down Very in so he almost had a strip sack as well yeah Hassan Reddick uh, give him the keys to the city um, I, I, I think but I suppose the point I'm getting to is this is not a game that Kyle Shanahan will look back and say do you know what I, I did my best in this game there's a few bits the first bit I'll get to is the Devontae Smith catch um, yeah you have to throw the challenge flag there you have to throw. It just made no sense for a side to make that length of a of a completion and go straight into hurry Regardless up. of whether okay. or not you saw it just, that, um, whether you saw the replay, that, and and you were talking about the the intentional grounding as being home field advantage. That's home field advantage. Having the camera operators conveniently finding a new angle once it's been uh, ruled a catch, I think. I think that's... It was ruled a catch because they went hurry-up offense. They didn't have time to get that aggregate, I think. That's fine. They got the playoff before we even seen replays. So, I think... Well, I think... That's I, the issue I is that... I think we saw... I think we might have seen a real a replay, but but not the correct one. I think we saw the one, say, from the, the left-hand side of the whole... Touchline lo- yeah, touch yeah, looking touch in. Line yeah, side. Um, obviously, the ball spilled out on the right-hand side. But as you say... Based on Devonta Smith's reaction alone, you call a challenge flag there. Now he went on to say he didn't mm. want to lose a, a, a needlessly lose a challenge for something. It's the first half. This, yeah, this is the first half. You get two challenges per half. This is a, a converted fourth down play, and he ca- and he caught it inside. Was it inside their their ten yard line or fifteen yard line? Yeah. A complete. This is. You lose a challenge there. Game change. You lose a challenge, so what? If if you challenge that and you would have succeeded, that's a huge momentum swing. Philly turnover on downs, um, you know, twenty five yards back there's, towards midfield. There's actually two advantages to throwing the challenge in that situation. One is obviously, if if you get it overturned, you get the ball on. I think it was the, the Philly forty. That's a huge switch. But the second one is you get time out. And after surrendering a, a huge player like that in on a fourth yes. down, it is natural for your defense to be slightly rattled. Yep. Even if you So there's two advantages on that, that like, challenge. You get a, you get uh, 30 seconds to regroup and say, "All right, let's just plan for what Philly's going to do." And they ended up rushing in with with um, Miles Sanders untouched almost which was impressive on itself um, and look San Fran fans I'm not arguing we're not arguing with you it wasn't a catch it but it was it could have been completely negated by uh, an instinctual call there from Kyle Shannon um, mm. as you say that's I think that's incident number two bad decision number two by Kyle Obviously, that being number one, the second one, which happened chronologically, was um, Tyler Croft blocking Hassan Reddick. I think, I think things that happened the after that are very are difficult to put on Kyle, considering his options, his game plan must have or his his um, playbook must have shrank dramatically, having to put in Josh Johnson. It was, it was a play sheet after that. Yeah, it might have been a paragraph. Um, yeah. A limerick. A haiku. I think a limerick is yeah. probably shorter than a haiku. Uh, I don't know. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think anything beyond that, I, I, I have trouble attributing to, to Kyle. Um, there were a few, you know, obviously they had Christian McCaffrey came in on one wild cat snap. Um, they you saw shots of Kyle Juszczyk being briefed by the quarterbacks coach and 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 quarterbacks um, Trey Lance and Jimmy G were obviously on the sideline. Maybe if you wanted to, you could you could say have those in on Wildcats 
sprinkle them in while Josh Johnson was available. Um, at least then, once Josh Johnson was concussed, obviously we couldn't have known that. But at least then, they're in the groove. Even still, I, I find it hard to believe um, that, you know, this, this, I think once Brock Purdy went down, I think that was, that was it. That was game for the, the 49ers. I tend, I tend to believe that. Um, but no, look, I think, I hope this doesn't come across the way stage. I think, looking at the lines, in, in like the O-line and the D-line, I think Philly beat them on both lines. I think defensively, Jalen Hurts, who was injured too as well, you could see limitations in his play. He wasn't overly pressured. Um, I think we ran for what, a, a buck 50? Just, just shy. Um, yeah. Just well, shy of a buck 50. 148, um, but that's minus two yards on Gardner and Minshew and Neil Ben, so a buck 50. Yeah. Um, like, I, I think there's, there's a high possibility no injury to Brock Party, Philly still wins this game. I just mm. think. I, I just think, yeah, no, I think it could have been a closer game if Purdy had, had, had stayed out of the... And ultimately, we, like, it's... it's This is going to sound a bit crude and crass and, and maybe poking dirt in San Francisco and particularly Brock Purdy's face, but it's actually, probably, the best outcome. Brock Purdy got injured, so he's, there's no... You have to sell this... Scope really well, that he this is that he had a meltdown, that he had a meltdown. He like he is Mister. Okay, given irrelevant given for that a reason. He had a loss. This is the best outcome. Mm, yeah, yeah. That's what, that's probably what I meant to say. Yeah. yeah, given they lost, and you, I suppose there was always the rhetoric that, well, Jimmy G could get them to the United Championship game. We know his limitations. <clears throat> Brock Purdy can get them to the. Maybe maybe anyone could do it. Oh, Josh Johnson can't do it. Um, maybe, maybe there is something about this block party. Sure, it's a, it's, it is um, a big Maybe we'll bring it back next year. Yeah. Um, mm. Just going. And sorry, you finish your point. It is, it is. There's no smoke without fire. There is heavy links. With Trey Lance heading to Tennessee as of Monday morning. It's now Tuesday evening. Heavy links. I think Kyle Shannon might believe he has his guys. Well, we did see um, a, a, a front office personnel. Shame his name escapes me. But from the San Fran um, 49ers go to Tennessee as the GM Rams. Uh, what? His surname. But yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Um, very very briefly just to go back to Rand Kenton is poor. the GM of the Titans I think that last point by me to be fair that last point by me I think is a poor point poorly made I think we'll, we'll chalk that well, up ok trying to convince 49ers that this might have been a good outcome I won't, I'm not continuing to beat that foot long term maybe I'm going long back term. just to no, the lines it might, it might. Uh, the philosophy of Philadelphia yeah. building on both of the lines we saw obviously the, the D line getting pressure and unfortunately knocking two quarterbacks out of the game but that's how physically dominant they were we saw um, the Eagles or the, the San Fran defense number one versus the run and the Eagles you know as you said put a book 50 on them we saw Miles Sanders score two touchdowns um, almost untouched on both of them we saw Kenneth Gainwell he's having a, almost like a, a Corey Clement 2017 playoff type or 2018 I should say play type playoff run yeah. um, so I think Philadelphia they really showed the, the intensity and the physicality um, I think we saw it as maybe something we should I'm like, similar to the ref controversies in the other game, unfortunately, this game was probably tainted by a lot of 
scrummages and there was quite a number of the uh, of personal foul flags thrown in this game. Yeah, but to be fair, I thought it was six one half a dozen of the other. Like, like you talk about the Devonte Smith play. I, like, I think that's that's good coaching, and that the, the Eagles knew to go quickly. They had a they obviously had a, a set call, which was the, the banging of two fists together. That I don't, I'm not sure that's going to be a, a play. Let's get it together. I thought we were actually unlucky. It was irrelevant, but with the punt that hit the wire and we couldn't get camera footage, like a hometown decision, you should be getting those uh, camera footages. Yeah. I thought the they made obvious. I think the 49ers made obvious poor decisions in key plays. The tackling, uh, the contacting the punter, like brain dead, brain dead. That led to a score, and that, that's the one thing Philly were very good at. Is every time they got a glimpse, they got a score. I think a lot of and there was controversies. A lot in of people would basically. point to to that San Fran player being pushed into the the police punter and i'm actually probably a little bit on the other side to this than you were i i do think look i think the momentum of the san fran player would have carried him into brett kern there absolutely but there certainly also was a push uh was it enough to i think if you were to review the penalty obviously that can't be done there probably wouldn't be enough to to overturn the initial you know penalty called i thought it was a bit I thought Philly were lucky to get it. Maybe. Um, we're, we are talking a sport here that's defensively it's pushing up, pulled. You got to bear that in mind as well. Look, it's 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 like like in other sports defensively, the major action is pull as opposed to push. Yeah, look. But in in NFL it is most clearly push. So. Uh, I think it's, it's... We saw also as well... He's put himself in a poor position. And, and again, suffered. this is always going to seem biased to, to San Fran fans and maybe other fans who wanted to see Philadelphia lose. But the Hassan Reddick, the fumble on which um, Brock Purdy was injured, obviously it, the hit sort of jarred the ball loose, but it kind of rested on top of his arm before the forward motion launched it forward. Essentially a, a launched forward fumble. Mm. But it was recovered by Philadelphia, but the play was blown dead. But Linval Joseph could have... He recovered that ball, and he could have... He, he very well could have advanced that ball 10 to 15 yards. Now, Philadelphia didn't score on that drive, so those yards might have made a difference, even to put in more points, even if it's just a, a three points. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm less concerned about that play, I think. Look, it, I'm not concerned... Live, it looked like <laughs> an incomplete me. pass. I'm not concerned with that play either. I'm just saying there are maybe things you can point to on both sides. Um, I think yeah. another another point of contention people have is that shot you see Drake Greenlaw punching at the ball. I think Kenneth Gainwall is in the middle of being stood up with D linemen and O linemen around him, and you've got a shot of Drake Greenlaw punching sideways at the ball. And I've seen people saying he's punching the ball. He punched the ball three times after the the the, ball, the whistle had been blown, and it look it's if you don't see the the ball, which a lot of the officials won't, they won't see right in. That's a very violent looking play there. It looks like cheap digs being put in at the it, side. It, it's 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 less the, the the digs in the ball. It's more the repetition and the after momentum is stopped and the play has been called dead, and he keeps going. Look, and that's. Yeah, look, oh, one no punch, that that's a play in the ball. But it just, I'm going to, you saw some of those punches hitting actually the, the arm of Kenneth Gainwell. So, look, I'm not being precious towards yeah. Kenneth Gainwell's arm, but, or Kenneth Gainwell, his yeah. person, but anyway. The person. <laughs> look, yeah. I think the game was eventually basically ended by San Fran's best offensive throw, anyway, play, but throw when Trent Williams absolutely bodied. Kayvon Wallace, I think by that was probably San Fran's highlight, um, and unfortunately, that's just frustration, just frustration, and 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 I get it, like especially when you know that there was a chance if your quarterback stayed healthy, absolutely. Um, Look, and I get that. I, I don't think I, I'm 
pretty sure a lot of we saw a lot of those players in there we saw josh job we saw Kayvon wallace there a lot of the eagles replacements or second and third stringers were in there no doubt they're going to be a bit chirpy um so i i can't imagine that maybe there was a bit of instigation there on behalf of the eagles um so and i, I do basically get i just i thought it was very bizarre when we saw and sue coming over to try and talk trent williams down or change man change man it's like meta world peace there's a little nba joke for you Really diversifying um, our audience here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, look, I was going to try to reference the uh, the GAA refixing the uh, club championship final at some stage. That's the topic of the here in Ireland right now. But, uh, yeah, no, um, I suppose, in summary, the next two weeks are, pr- are crucial in both camps to get quarterbacks healthy. Yes, because I think we did see Jadlin being a bit limited, and I think it was about four four or five deep shots and he didn't really he didn't technically didn't connect on any of them if you want to count that first one to Devonta um now I don't he wasn't miles off in his throws a lot of them were on target the San Fran secondary was just superb there was a few there's a few for me he overthrew AJ Brown on a throw he's hit about 15 times this season I think look I don't think he's fully healthy and I, he took a few shots uh, definitely in the third quarter he, he's about four runs on yeah. one drive and designed and runs one in particular one led to a pass uh, and one in particular he a similar play to Paddy yeah, Mahomes yeah yeah he was wincing yeah. hard um, grimacing so yeah as you say the next two weeks will be spent resting up with the Lucas Aiden the Calpo uh, look, at least they they they're heading for warm weather training. Both of them heading down to Arizona, Scottsdale, Arizona. It's a lot easier to get back from an injury when it's warm weather as opposed to damp, wet, yes. cold, icy conditions. Yes. So yeah, look, perfect place this season. In very football. very very quick question dead. just before we wrap up. Much was made about the Eagles going to Arizona. They had a horrendous horrendous record playing in that stadium. Do you think that carries over? when it's a neutral field um, obviously they had a horrendous record playing the Cardinals in that stadium does that carry over to um, to playing a, another team at I don't, a neutral field I don't, I don't think so I don't think so um, but I don't know this is the ultimate lab test I suppose yes we'll know afterwards we'll, we'll, we'll tell you on Super Bowl Monday yes. filter the game with the carbohydrates and be a few ales. Um, I think next week we're obviously going to be doing our um, Super Bowl recap. But I think what else did we have planned? We preview, preview. Oh yes, next week. Yeah, of course, of course. Preview next week. Um, we've got that tasty week off. We're also going to have an end of seasons award show. Um, so we're going to give out awards for a few off the wall topics. We're not going to. We're going to leave MVP, Coach of the Year. All that jazz to the the professional schmuck or Bowsy can, can name their own defensive player of the year. We want them yeah. pointless awards. You know, stupid fucking yeah. awards. Um, we won't recognise those who weren't recognised. Yeah. And we might get we might get facts done up and send out to the likes of I don't know. Devontae Turpin for I don't think we can afford <laughs> I don't think we can afford the FedEx fees. Um, yeah. But look, it. I think we might leave it there. Probably a little bit longer than we thought it would out- go on, but um, a l- a maybe there's a, maybe that's um, because we talked a look, bit of sense in there somewhere. Maybe. And a bit of shite. Ah, goes without saying. That's all from me. Bye, folks. That's all from me. Take care and good night. Exactly right. I mean, there's nobody inside the 10. Get back, Here it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. 
He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs.